The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Welcome into Summer County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon here for this Sunday morning's edition of the Spotlight. Uh, we've got a guest in the uh, studio right now, and this is Rob Arthur. Now, Rob is a resident here in Hendersonville, and for the past 16 years of his amazing life, he's been touring with Peter Frampton as the music director for the for the crew, and it's like, how did I not know you until now? I don't know. I mean, I think I told you uh, one of your... Uh, partners here that he he thought I said every time I come here to the station okay. nobody's here and what I said was <laughs> no I've meant to come here many times yeah, yeah. so anyways I finally stopped in the other day and we, we well, set this up which I is mean, great it's, it's it's so cool about this and this is what a lot of people don't realize that especially how special Hendersonville is yeah and it, most people know some history from the past with Johnny and Conway and mm-hmm. you know right. uh, everybody else that right. you know the Everly brothers were here I mean it's uh, mm-hmm. it just goes on and on Mm-hmm. And Dylan hung out here, and Elvis hung out on the lake. I mean, the lake is the drawing point. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. Man-made. But it, it's just so cool to when you just meet people, mm-hmm. or you pass somebody on the street and not recognize them, which I guess could be a good thing in, in some cases. Like, well, if Peter Frampton was walking through Kroger, yeah. I mean, it's like. <laughs> It kind of looks like somebody. <laughs> Could be. Could be him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you know, back in the day when Kelly Clarkson lived here, I mean, she would go into places, and, of course, if you get Kelly with no makeup and put a ball cap and sweats on, you're not going to recognize her. Possibly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she had fun. I mean, it was, you know, nice community. You're not going to be bothered here. You're right. not going to be having the paparazzi. You're not going to have all of that. But yeah. uh, So, listen, kick it off. T- t- let everybody know who you are, what your background is, how you got to where you are right now. How I got here? Um, well, well, long journey. I'm going to go in reverse order because you just mentioned Frampton. Because mm-hmm. so we just finished with Peter. We finished his finale tour of the U.S. So in other words, we played all big venues, including Madison Square Garden, the mm-hmm. Forum, etc. And uh, we were just finishing up the American leg of the tour when the pandemic hit. So we were planning on going to U- Europe. We had we're scheduled to play Royal Albert Hall or we're scheduled to go to Brazil, you know, South America. So we're still kind of waiting to see when that's going to happen. The international travel is a little trickier still with the new COVID regulations and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at with that. So it's kind of on hold. And before that, you know, everything progressed to that point. I was in a band called Five for Fighting before that, which was had a hit called 100 Years. And we played all the TV shows. And we we play that here. Play that song. Sure you do. It's a great song. Yeah. So that was a fun band to be in. I was in that band for about three years. Before that, I was a New York kind of session guy for hire and uh, played with different people like Joan Osborne and uh, people from the B-52s, all kinds of folks. And I did a lot of work with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as as a music director for the, some of their spring galas and different events for them behind all kinds of different artists. You name it. Yeah. You know, so. 
Well, I mean, gosh, look here. You got uh, Tone Loke. Mm-hmm. He was one of them. Uh, that was you smiled. You must have had fun doing that one. <laughs> He's a, a goofy guy, as you can expect. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that was know? that was pretty yeah. cool. But the folks you've worked with, I mean, Roger Daltrey. Yeah, I mean, that's well, crazy. What happens in in classic rock is a lot of us. You know, first of all, there's not a ton of classic rock artists still doing it. Mm-hmm. So then us guys who support them, like I'm the, I'm a keyboard player, guitarist, we all know each other. Well, the guy, you know, I've subbed for different people and that's what happens. You know, yeah. I'll get a call, hey, can you play Roger Daltrey this weekend? You know, a couple different shows. Mm-hmm. So I did, I've done that plenty with lots of different people, you know, Don Felder, all kinds of folks, you know. Were you with Letterman, did, did some stuff with Letterman? No, well, no. I... Not with Letterman. I know one of my dearest friends is Will Lee, who was the David Letterman bass player. And then I've worked quite a bit with Paul Schaefer, too, and uh, just know all those guys very well, you know. Paul just, he, he seems like a character. He's awesome person. Incredible. And, you know, and when you watched him on the show, yeah. it was like, that guy's kind of kind of out there he's like he's goofy he's goofy (laughs) but i mean he so he led that band but i think the best band leader i've ever worked for is paul Schaefer. he he's just he has a shorthand with music and and also communicating to people Mm -hmm. that that i've never seen that good i would love to be that good he he's it's remarkable to watch him it's a cool combo of Mm -hmm. kind of savant music knowledge with incredible people skills so he can it just gets everybody together on the same page in two seconds. Yeah. He's great at that. You know? Well, and, and you talked about doing some movie stuff yeah. and filming and things of, of that nature. And I guess as a director, you got to have some of those skills to be able to relate to people and get them to do what you need them to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've yeah, my, my films thing has grown out of my touring because I, I decided to get some visuals going while I was on the road. Mm-hmm. And I started working on a project that was kind of a setup. I, you know, I was my ultimate goal was for Netflix. I was I thought, hey, why don't I show what it's like to be on the road? And I just started acquiring all the movie equipment and knowledge. And mm-hmm. that's developed now into this thing where... Mm-hmm just gotten huge you know i've done a, a bunch of videos and during covid i did five doobie brothers videos as director mm-hmm. uh, a couple dave mason videos all of peter frampton's videos so it's just kind of crazy how this multimedia thing is starting <laughs> yeah. to grab on you know well you still got to keep busy doing you something. do but i gotta you tell do. you you know doing a uh, music videos and I, I watched some of your videos that you that you did now were you doing multi-camera or just you it's just me See, so that's, a, that's even more impressive. Yeah. yeah. So I storyboard everything, and I just kind of, you know, yeah. set it up as a story, you know, one shot at a time. So do you just, like, all of a sudden get a vision of how you want to do it? Because, you know, there's some music videos that are just really out there. And it's, yeah. What are they trying to say here? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on what we were going for. For one of them that's not out, not even out yet is I did Long Train Running for the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they have, God, it seems like they have 18 guys in their band, right? So I just, I said, okay, look, guys. And this was all shot during covid so i said how are we going to get all these guys on this little screen you know so i i made them all get a green screen setup okay so i could isolate just them yeah and therefore i could put them all on this pretend stage well then the pretend stage became a train station because that's the theme of the song oh yeah we talked about what could you know it's just you you get these narratives in there you know for music videos and then the, the artist's decide whether they're comfortable doing narrative or just kind of i just want to look cool and mm-hmm. singing you know yeah so well you know back in the day when you know music videos started yeah and you had your mtv and all of that it was uh, it, it's it's funny when you look back on some of those you mm-hmm. go 
whoa, those are cheesy. <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> and then, yeah, you got to be careful now if you're yeah, going to get totally. off the performance narrative. You know, like if you're going to tell a story, you better be pretty cool about it. Yeah. I, the one I really do love and, and so proud of is Frampton. We did one called Reckoner, and it's an instrumental song, mm-hmm. but it's high concept. It's yeah. not a. It's not just him playing guitar. There's there's a whole story that unveils, and it, it was really fun to do, and I'm, I think it came off really well. You yeah. Know? Did you utilize black and white, too? I thought, thought I saw some sure. black and white oh, going yeah. on. That's oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About a year or so ago, uh, Disturbed, the group Disturbed. Yes. And look, they came out with Sound of Silence. This probably go back 2016. But you you have to pull that up. It, I, the the yeah. video is surreal. It's all black and white. I've seen that, yeah. Dark, yeah. you know. and mm-hmm. But, you know, David's vocals are just make you just sit there and want to look at this. Yeah. But the video in the background mm-hmm. was amazing how they, they were put all that together. It's, it's a small film if you want to go that way yeah and, it really and is it can be a, a short film and it know? takes a lot of work still it's it's just as much work as doing a film well a lot of people say well you know you just shot it you're out there it's post when you go <sighs> into editing that's where the magic happens you know a lot of people sit there and look at it and go well you put all these things together and then you make it into this amazing piece of work crazy uh, but I, I go with the old school though of like like i study filmmakers because that's you know like as a musician it's like okay i'm bored with studying musicians <laughs> now so yeah, i yeah. i read about Francis Ford Coppola, I read about the Cohen brothers, and so I kind of subscribe to their some of those philosophies of you should just plan it all out, storyboard the whole thing, and then just execute the shooting. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, you have to have the vision first. Post, you can't just fix it in post. Really, you have to know where you're going. You know. Yeah. So, so I try to have that vision in the beginning. You know. For yeah. These videos. Oh, totally. I mean, you, I think you have to. It's like you yeah. can't just go and shoot by the seat no, of your pants. I mean, it's, it's just, just gotta, a waste gotta of feel time. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Now, you've also released some projects of your own, mm-hmm. and did, did I see a Christmas project uh, yeah. a few years ago? Yeah, I've done, gosh, well, there's been kind of no angle of the entertainment business that I have not <laughs> been involved, you know, so a project I had when I lived in, I grew up in Minneapolis, and when, before I left to, for New York, I started on this project called Lifescapes, which was lifestyle records. In mm-hmm. other words, you, you know, you'd see them at Target, it'd be like, cocktail party, oh, cool, you know, it's so like music to have cocktails. For, or Christmas, Christmas flute, Christmas harp. You know, we did, I did about 35 to 40 of these records mm-hmm. where I wrote and produced these records. Now, I have just a ton of this music that's that I own that I we released back then and reverted back to me. So, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got a lot of lot of stuff in the archives. <laughs> well, I guess you got to have that. Now, what's the, your recent uh, project? The most recent one. Most recent is my nephew Tim Larock who's uh, 21 years old, and uh, I think he's an amazing songwriter. He's going to be doing this for the rest of his life, and I just want to help him now mm-hmm. kind of jumpstart what he's doing and make it give him a shot to have a major release right now. So I'll, I'm kind of mixing this. It should be mixed by the first of the year, and okay. I'm really excited about Tim and, and what's we, the genre we recorded he... it at, at Frampton Studio. Okay. We've got incredible, you know, my friend Will Lee's on bass. We got uh, Chuck Ainley Engineering, who's Mark Knopfler's engineer. Yeah. We went all out, so we're going to go for this, you know. So, where is he based here in Tennessee? Now? No, he lives in Florida. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, he's he's just he's a wonderkind, you know. He, he's really good. I believe in him, and and I don't say that lightly because so, I don't have the time to waste on just <laughs> just because I love the kid. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Totally. <laughs> Doesn't mean I've got to produce your yeah. record. But technology is so amazing now. Yeah. I mean, he can record that down here and shoot it up to you. Yeah, and then you can you can master it and get it going. Right? Well, we recorded yeah. all here in Nashville. Okay, yeah. He he flew up with his dad and we did it, and uh, it's great. It's really cool. What genre is he? He's like. A, he's a complete Beatle freak, and he he knows classic rock. His dad was a good teacher, taught him the real music, right? Yeah, he taught right. him. So he's he's Beatley. He's got a little bit of Paul Simon in there. He's got some amazing influences that you don't usually hear in a young person. So it's the 21 year old spin on Cat Stevens ish kind of yeah. stuff. It's beautiful music. Wow, I'm really excited for people to hear. Yeah, it. it's going to be cool. The way that business is being done here recently as opposed to the past mm-hmm. you know where you you try to get a, a label to sign you yeah and then things start happening from there it's like total opposite yeah now. i mean yeah you're, you're creating your own stuff and and you send it out there and yeah that's and exactly true I, I would say taylor swift is your example right there she, oh, her dad without her dad we would not know her she exists and you, you know? know back in the day you know when i first heard that you know taylor was taking control of of her career mm-hmm. and what she was doing as scott was a big part of that mm-hmm. i mean he he had to be there and work with her on that yeah. and and then look at what's happened here recently she got her whole catalog back mm-hmm. and now she's re-recording it the way that she wants to do cool. it i mean and i think that's going to be a thing rihanna's jumping on board she's she's looking at doing that sure and a lot of people are, are, are taking that on so i'm i'm excited to see what comes out of it of course yeah it's kind of turning around it, it mm-hmm. where the artists artists are learning how to take control of mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. you know whereas before they never had to worry about it right. or you know they they didn't worry about it let's put yeah. it that way yeah. and they got taken <laughs> taken yeah. for it but whatever. well yeah because you had all these people running your yeah your career yeah you got to run your own career and keep, much. keep a hold of it because that's how it and is. that that's where education comes in agreed i yeah. mean i i would say like for me uh i went to music school and if i had to do it again i would have gone to business school because i knew i was going to learn the damn music you yeah, know what you i mean know it. and well, and you know <laughs> it's like I, I needed to learn the business more than anything totally you know? and I, I have always said that you know if you can write a pretty song. You can you yeah. can sing it. You got a great voice. You're a great right. musician. Learn the business. Right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to get eaten up by the sharks because they're right. out there. So yeah, it's, and I see this as a producer too. And I like young artists. They get all excited because it's so much fun to be in the studio. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh my god, you know, everybody's playing my song, and for weeks and weeks we're perfecting it, and I I have final say because I'm the writer. And then now when that's done. It's like, well, guess what? Now you're running for office, basically. You got to go out there and sell this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not fun. That's the not fun part. And everybody wants to come back to the studio. Can we just do it more studio? It's like, no, you have to go selling now. This is what you got to do. Yeah, now now the hard part begins. That other stuff was easy. So, hey, listen, let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back on the other side. We're talking with Rob Arthur. He's a music director for Peter Frampton. uh, Gosh, for the past 16 years. That seems like forever, but it's probably flown by. Totally. Totally. So we'll be right back to talk to Rob with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. 
Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon on this uh, Sunday. You know, it's uh, always good to have you along here and spending some time with us, but I want to let you know that this broadcast will also be on our podcast page starting on Mondays, and you just go to WHIN Radio, and uh, you'll look at the podcast tab. Go down to Sumner County Spotlight. There to be right there on top. So we appreciate you checking that out and let your friends know. So we're going to continue our talk with Rob Arthur. Now he is the music director, band leader for gosh the past sixteen years for Peter Frampton. That's right. And you're only twenty nine. How do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been with him for since I was twelve years old. Yes. No, 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 no. Thank you for the compliment. He's he's saying I look young. You can't tell on radio, but um, but no, you really do. I am kind of attractive. I will say. you really are <laughs> in a non uh, never mind yeah, yeah. anyway uh, i love your website thank you and you let everybody know what the website is robarthur.com pretty, pretty easy. easy to remember yeah spelled you know like you you would imagine yeah. yeah and i've got all my multimedia on there i've got there's videos on there there's art there's yeah. all my music there's a little bit of storytelling there's you know my wife and i have a label so you can you, there's all kinds of you got merch on there stuff. Too? there's merch on there all there's right. everything yeah go out and get it yeah so well, you spoke about art. So yeah. now you are amazing at doing the watercolors. And when you well, go on the you. site, folks, I'm, you've got to check this out and check out the Beatles stuff. I mean, I, I was blown away. Well, thank you, you very much. you great hands. Thank you very much. <laughs> the quick quick version of the story was I, I loved drawing and I loved art class and I also liked band. And in high school, they, they only let you take one art elective. So I had to choose my passion, which was music. But mm. Later in life, I realized, wait, I can I can still go back and learn this stuff. So I taught myself and went into book reading and started with the basics of drawing, et cetera, and landed on watercolors. And a lot of people are impressed with that. But for me, it was a it was just a necessity because I traveled all the time mm-hmm. and I needed something small that would pack up and it would dry quickly. So that was it. You can kind of take a little watercolor block in your backpack and there you little, go. little few colors and you're ready to go. So, so how, did you find yourself being inspired by a certain thing or people or landscapes or? Well, I generally do portraiture and landscapes. Okay. And I, I don't know. That's just what I was drawn to. So, uh, you know, I love my heroes and I, and I wanted to learn how to render a face accurately as a, as a drawing, just, you know, the basis. But then I also love traveling because that's what I've done my whole life. So sure. if I find a place, I want to be able to sit down with a pad and just draw what I'm seeing, you know, yeah. and paint what I'm seeing. So I did a lot of that on plain art, they call it. And, uh, you know. Well, it's funny that you say because uh, William Lee Goldham at the Oak Ridge Bears. I love him, man. William, let me tell you, his landscapes are fascinating. And he's if you great. go into his house, he's got them up and they're like, he has been everywhere. And these guys tour and they have the luxury of stopping. Yeah. And he could just grab these landscape shots, mm-hmm. and, and it's just tremendous. And another way to relieve, you know, some of the touring stress when you're out, take a little relax, you know, capture some things. Well, I'd say, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're work for National Geographic, mm-hmm. you have to have a passion for just being out in the wild and, yeah. you know hiking right so mm-hmm. therefore you might as well grab a camera while you're at it and yeah. let's bring it home <laughs> so i think it's it's a little bit of both and we yeah. love being on the road we love seeing new new towns and meet new people and yeah let's capture that you know yeah, absolutely I feel the same way well you know marty stewart is another one yeah. and he, he does a, a lot of photography but he is his book is fascinating because mm. he has you know obviously being in a position he is and kind of like you where you're behind the scenes you can mm-hmm. capture these artists yeah. in a way that nobody else can see you can't have a photographer coming in right. and do it because it's not real but right. if you're there and you see the the moment happening you can capture that i mean it, it was a very fascinating look 
into this. Plus, it's black and white, so that gives that mm-hmm. that kind of artsy feel to True. it anyway. Yeah. True. So, Rob, on your watercolor in your in your painting, mm-hmm. you actually have some on display here in Hendersonville. I do. Yeah. Well, Moby Dickies. So, um, I became friends with Dickie Moran, as we all are. Mm-hmm. M- most of us know yeah. him. He's a wonderful guy. Great restaurant. And uh, but uh, with the tragic loss of Officer Bristol a couple years ago. Um, Dickie's oldest son, JR, is also on the force here at Hendersonville mm-hmm. Police. And uh, so he asked me to do a portrait of Officer Bristol that would be hanging in Moby Dickie's. And it's, it is. Yeah. The original is hanging right near the, the door of their restaurant. And uh, I'm just so proud to have done that, to have been asked wow. to do it. And if you look at it, you see the love in that painting. I, I want everybody to go look at that and yeah. remember him. And Dickie's got a couple other of my paintings in, the, really? in, the, in okay. there. The Beatles. All the Beatles are in there, and there's a Frampton portrait of mine in there nice. too. And I did, and I did the menu. So I guess you could say I frequent Moby Dickies a little bit. I did the menu as well. So that is so. But exciting. please go check out the the Officer Bristol painting. I'm I'm so proud of that. It's one of my favorites that I've ever done, and uh, means a lot to me. Well, Peter Frampton, my boss, he and I have started a little film company because of his trust in me. In other words, Good. I'm there. We're, we're buddies, mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't have to put on an act. He doesn't have to get used to some guy who's saying the wrong things and right. asking him stupid questions about what happened. <laughs> you know, what happens? You, you don't look like whatever. Yeah. We're, we're all way past that. So yeah. he's... He likes how he appears when I film him, for example, because mm-hmm. he's just being himself and he's comfortable around me. So that that started the basis of our entire thing. Yeah. You know? I guess with the, some of the projects you're doing, it's more like the music video kind of thing, mm-hmm. but uh, documentary in the future? Yeah, well, that's one of the things we're talking about with Peter. Um, mm-hmm. I won't give, get into it too heavily, but yes, we're poised okay. to do a documentary. But what a great history. I mean, gosh, I mean, it's amazing. there's tons of video of him over the years, oh, yeah. even before you came on board, oh, yeah. I'm sure that you can incorporate but uh, but what a, a great career and the fact that he's right here in Middle Tennessee now. He is. Yep. Yeah. He lives in Nashville. And uh, yeah, it's great. I, I'm going to see him next week. And, you know, we talk all the time on the phone. It's He's been an incredible... I, I, I feel like I'm I'm getting paid to say this, but he's just an incredible <laughs> boss. He's an incredible boss, and I, I would consider him such a dear friend at this point because we're very like-minded as far mm-hmm. as... We want the art to be the best it can be. We're both just dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about having fun and just partying, right? None of sure. that. We're in it for like, let's, let's make the best music we can. So now, are, are you guys, you're managing yourself or does he have a manager? Peter has management. Yeah, so we have, yeah. have management and booking agents, so yes. they, they take care of all of that. Yes. Uh, but yes. you, you don't foresee a, a, a new tour coming up anytime well, I soon. Think it's I think it's the plan okay. is to at least finish up the finale tour. And don't quote me on this. I think that's the plan, though. Yeah. To, and the, the initial plan before COVID hit was uh, Europe and South America. And then who knows? I hear Peter's playing right now, and he's not diminished one bit, so yeah. I don't see yeah. how he could sit at home yeah that's so, my that's my prediction so how, how big is your your group on the road it's five piece you know including peter okay and uh yeah it's great great band he he finds the best musicians i'm gonna tell a quick story okay, about that yeah, yeah i was in line at a starbucks and i look behind me and i see john Waite, the okay. singer from yeah. the babies and great singer and i'm like oh wow that's john Waite, and i'm kind of sitting there get <laughs> order my coffee i go sit down and he 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 orders his coffee and he comes over to me and he goes who are you? He, you know, I, I guess I look like a musician, Dang, right? That's good. I never met him. He goes, who are you? And I said, Did you have your sunglasses on I don't inside? know. I must have looked. <laughs> I, I qualified for the musician look. And I said, well, I'm, I'm 
play with Peter Frampton. I'm his, his music director. And he, <laughs> says, he says, oh, you must be great then. He hadn't even met me, but, wow. but because of Frampton's reputation, yes. he knows that Peter has only good players, and that says a lot for Peter, not for me. You yes. know, It's just the, the reputation out there is... Yeah. He's got the best guys. So, so we the, have an incredible band. So the, the current band right now has been there quite some time. Yeah, the the main three of us have been there over a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, see, this, I always wondered this. You know, as the the historic icons of our time, mm-hmm. don't really release singles or coming out. Maybe what, what's they up do. with that? I mean, is, they it, do. It, it's just I mean, the, the platforms aren't there anymore. And one one example I always tell people is uh, name me the last Eric Clapton single that was on. The radio yeah what is it change the world maybe yeah and it was that 30 years ago crazy We're, but because, they're still playing it and we we play it here because <laughs> so but the, come on that's not what happens anymore I know. with with classic artists so they yeah. do it themselves we did four videos for his last record called frampton forgets the words which is an <laughs> instrumental record and we did four singles big big videos and he released them himself and they're out there you should go check them out okay i see a big big project coming frampton raps frampton raps <laughs> Um, Not going to happen. That would either be W-R-A-P-S. It would be at the end of the finale tour. Yeah. That would be the only way I could see oh that Oh, my happening. gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it, there's so much talent that, that's out there. And with, we always say this. You know, as you get older, you go, music's just not the same. Because we're playing hits here from... The mm-hmm. late seventies, eighties, nineties, and and you can see the change in the style of music. You know, the fifties, the sixties. You yeah. see that change in that field you mm-hmm. have in music, and today's music totally on the opposite spectrum. You know, even with country music, it's totally people yeah. say that's not country, but well, that's change. You know, that's it's what the evol- evolution of country. Apparently, you know, mm-hmm. I don't hate it all. I mean, Keith Keith Urban is very techno, totally, but yeah. man, his songs are still great, and he plays great guitar, and I love his mm-hmm. everything about him. He just has that that vibe when he gets up there you just want to look at him he's awesome <laughs> so i don't know I, do i have a problem with with technology never you mm-hmm. know you know we have our favorite stuff and i you know generally you like the music you listen to when you were 13 mm-hmm. that's your favorite music so whatever happens you know there's kids now that are 13 and love this yeah and they'll love this forever yeah like, like and, we did but what i really like you know it's like my son he's 14 and he'll he'll listen to a song that was you know from the 70s mm-hmm. and you go wow that's a great song yes hello yeah <laughs> well that's like my, my nephew tim who's 21 he he i'm brought you know he's the kid who his dad taught him all these old songs and he learned them all and realized yeah there's a lot going on here you know yeah. it's it's encouraging to see that with young people you know yeah. when they appreciate we know it's good we know elton john's music is great mm-hmm. so we hope they pick up on that. Yeah, I know. mean, totally. You know, how the things evolve over the years is, is exciting, I guess, but some people don't like change, but mm-hmm. change could be good. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, you have to evolve, you know. From the artist's perspective, me, I would say, I would love for things to keep moving forward. I don't want to just keep making that same yeah. record that I made when I was 20. Well, so. I mean, with technology now, it's so far advanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I think if people looked at our studio here, the, what we've just installed, here in our, our new console compared to what it was back in the day yeah. when you had you know vinyl to spin and you had these like eight track cartridges kind of things you had to yeah. plug in everything is recorded on that and looking at where we're at today it's like okay this is a good thing you know of course it is we were talking about photography earlier yeah. you know you know having to develop your own film can you can't even imagine doing that now that's just to me is a waste of time you but know? see now i can say oh i forgot my film <laughs> <laughs> or the film what's that yeah, exactly. oh that's the stuff on your teeth in the morning yeah, right? right okay that's 
different. Yeah, we're making a record. Remember what? Remember record? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they're saying it. And they, when they say it now, it's just weird to say a, a record. Really, yeah. <laughs> you're doing that. But actually, the word record, I gotta, I gotta point out, record is actually just the term of we're recording a moment in time. It's a record. That's of right. Where I'm Good at. Point. So it's not literally the vinyl. Not yeah. That's so, right. There you go. Okay, here's one for you. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? How weird am I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd love to be up there, but I because I try. I try to stay silly. So I'm gonna. But I'm gonna say how weird am I? I'm gonna say six or seven because I think I'm normal. You know. But yeah. people. Some people think I'm a little quirky. Yeah. You know. Well, I keep saying, yeah, how are you doing today? I said, well, I'm special. <laughs> uh, yeah, special in different ways. Special. Yeah. So uh, what are you not very good at? What am I not very good at? Remembering names. Oh, that's really me. bad I'm, at that. I'm with you. Really bad at that. All right. And especially as I get older. it's I, 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 Remembering the English language is now a new <laughs> one for me. Your, or your brain lapses. All yeah. of a sudden, it just goes away. There's yeah. nothing there. You know, exactly. I run that. But that's the great thing about editing. We can, we can piece that together. That's right. All right. I got to come up with a good one here. So, okay. um, all right. Here's one. So, so, all right, Rob, here, a great question for you. What do you wish you had known when you were 20? Um, well, I mentioned business. I, I could. I wish I was a better businessman, but I think the biggest thing I w- wish I knew was do unto others. It, I don't think I treated people poorly, but I think I took people for granted maybe mm. more than I do now. I try to give a little more back and listen a lot more. I wish I was better at that. Well, see, when then. you live in Middle Tennessee, that giving and helping thing yeah. just kind of rubs off on you. <laughs> You know, we become volunteers. It's we, we volunteer help people out. Yeah, it it totally right. is. I volunteer. What would you change about yourself now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> weight, my weight, <laughs> always. Um, but not that I'm heavy. I just I'm critical of that, of yeah. course. But um, what would I change about myself? I wish I had more time for my friends, and I had more time for yeah. to talk to family. I wish I put more time into that. Well, I mean, so when you're touring, it's kind of hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And, Can be. Yeah. So who do you think has been the most uh, influential resource in your career? The most influential resource? Or person. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say two. And one of them is definitely Peter Frampton, who brought me to a, a playing field that I never imagined mm. achieving on in so many ways. Kind of goes without saying. When you when you tour with a guy like that, you meet Ringo Starr. You meet, you know, everybody. You know, cla- we play with Clapton. The other one was uh, my band director, Mr. Peter. Peter Dahlstrom when I was in high school kind of taught me the ABCs of how to think about music and I've used that ever since he was a great teacher well and it's amazing how we remember our teachers Mm -hmm. this is why they need to be paid more Uh, than what they're doing this is uh, crazy no doubt and the impact that uh, teachers and coaches have had on people's whole entire lives is amazing yeah yeah no there was i heard a a comedian talking about why would anybody go into that business you know okay we're going to pay you 15 dollars a year okay and you're going to have to do it for we got to sign up for 30 years yeah okay sounds good i'll I'll do that you know it's like it's crazy yeah but they you know obviously they're doing it because they they need to but you're right we need to treat our teachers way better yeah absolutely well in closing folks you need to head over to robarthur.com yes you do let me tell you you have to check out his watercolors (laughs) man i'm telling you i was so impressed with that i mean you said you you drew but i looked at him and it's like it is so detailed you know watercolors are beautiful to look at anyway but you got to check out robarthur.com you can see uh everything about him what he's doing uh check out his merch and all of the the products and and see what's going on in his life and so rob again 
thanks for taking time come visiting with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition. Uh, we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon here, your illustrious host. Or they actually call me something else, but we won't go there. But anyway, welcome back to the show, and uh, we're going to continue our our conversation because we have a, a brand new guest in the in the studio, and I think you're going to be uh, kind of surprised. You're going to be impressed, and what do you hear the the concept that, that we're going to be talking about? But I want to introduce to you right now Bubba Miller, and uh, Bubba, man, thanks for coming all this way uh, to hang with us, and let's let everybody know who you are. Give them some background. Well, Jeff, I appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate the invitation. Like I said, my name's Bubba Miller. I'm a Tennessee native, born and raised in uh, Williamson County. But you know, I've been in Middle Tennessee for most of my life. Had the opportunity to uh, go to college, the University of Tennessee, uh, back in the early '90s, and uh, played a little football there, and had uh, some really good times, and met some really interesting <laughs> people, and uh, uh, went on to play a couple years in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in philadelphia for six years and uh, new orleans for a year and uh decided to uh come back here after that uh and and kind of set up shop i did i've done a couple things over the years did did a little radio did a little broadcasting when i first got out of uh, professional football and it just you know takes kind of a couple years kind of figure out what you want to do but i've owned a couple businesses still own one in uh, williamson county and um Primarily, we are in uh, you know construction trades, demolition, uh, concrete. It's what we kind of do on a daily basis, and I've uh, just always been intrigued by small businesses. Always been intrigued by brick and mortar. I uh, was not bright enough to come up with any kind of apps or <laughs> yeah. concepts or any kind of uh, social media. Or but uh, I've always uh, believed that you know at its core, small business is what kind of drives our economy what kind of drives our country and uh happy to uh now kind of have a a little bit of roots in the summer county as well Well, got out of nfl because you wanted to come in and make some real money now that's what it was (laughs) man that's what it was that gig didn't pay good enough so i needed to uh i think i decided i'd rather have you know employees and uh and uh deal with all their headaches and my headaches as well so no, I, I certainly enjoy my time. Philadelphia is truly one of the great cities in the United States. Uh, and I really thought I was going to go back there and kind of set up shop. I really I fell in love with the area, fell in love with the region. And at the time, my mother was here. She was uh, still alive and wasn't doing really well. Mm-hmm. So I decided to come back here, and uh, now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back. <laughs> But so Philadelphia, how long were you there? I was there for six years. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you got some uh, roots going on there. Got some roots going on there. Got to know the lay of the land. And just, you know, growing up here uh, in the South is just, I'd never experienced the big city before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was different. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't. I f- absolutely fell in love with it. I, How's I, the weather d- difference? I mean, a little colder up there, I guess. It is a little bit colder, but, you know, you're on the Atlantic and it's, it's, you know, if you look at Philadelphia on the map, it's, you know, it's just right above D.C. So mm-hmm. it's not like you get really bad winters. Right. I mean, there are four distinct seasons and their winters an appropriate length of time. It's not like <laughs> Boston or Canada or anywhere, Minnesota, right. anywhere yeah. north. It was, you know, there were some chilly nights and some snow, but 
nothing that you would really just say man mm-hmm. i wouldn't sign up for this it's it's a it's just it's a wonderful city yeah so with the, with your time with philadelphia did did you pick up any injuries that uh, you didn't like well that's kind of <laughs> part of that <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of one of unintended consequences of playing professional well, football hello. you uh you know you you know I, I walk with a somewhat noticeable lip some days some days feels okay so it's just you know once you do that job for a period of time man you you wear it for the rest of your life but i gladly signed up for it and and uh yeah i've got some things that hurt and some things that hurt really bad but <laughs> well I mean, if, I, at, if i had it to do all over again yeah. i i i'd have, I'd have signed on the same dotted line but you know what these dudes now are so big I mean, you're, I couldn't imagine getting hit by those guys. Well, it's, you know, I'm not that old, Jeff. Guys were big when I played, too, man. I, you know, I played professional football in this uh, in this century. So, guys haven't gotten that really that much bigger in the last 15 years. But uh, it, it is pretty amazing now being on the other side and watching games on TV and tending a game or two here or there and just watching the speed of the game and the size of these guys. And it's kind of remarkable to reflect back and think you know how in the world was i able to do that because i just watch what these guys do and it's just like man that is just some of these guys are just really really phenomenal athletes well and too they make it look so easy but you you know firsthand it's not all that easy i mean that practice that the grind you have to go through to to keep in shape and you know get the plays and and it's it's constant so it never stops it's a lot of work it it, it is a job it is a job and uh you you are out there to perform it's a different type of performance than i guess acting or singing but at the end of the day you're out there to you know you have a job you have to do and we all you have a mission you have to accomplish and uh it's really a, a concept of teamwork that i think i really kind of tried to instill in business as well sure. is that you know we're we're as strong as our weakest link and so that's right. uh that's one of the things i think to somewhat fascinates me about small businesses owning the business is you know figuring out what people can do and what they can do well and what they can't do and really mm-hmm. kind of focusing on their strengths you know there's a tremendous sense of accomplishment and in, in watching other people's personal growth and at the same time knowing that you're you know contributing to the economic engine yeah well, and, and, you know, small business over the past couple of years, as you know, has really been affected. You know, a lot of them couldn't make it, and un- unfortunately, but uh, those that stuck around, they had to adapt and come up with a different business model, which I guess, and in most cases, has succeeded in their, their profitability, and they're continuing those same practices, whether it be curbside pickup or delivery or, you know, those kind of things where you're you're making it easier for the folks to, to, to get their product. Uh, online, you know, sales is, is there, and that's, that's that's boosted, I guess, in the in several years. But and I really feel, and I know you probably believe this too, that retail is the way to go. I mean, people still love to go in and shop and feel and touch and try on and you know those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, I'm not a uh, big online shopper. Uh, there are certain things, I guess, now with supply chain issues, you do have to order. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I want to go, if I want to buy a sweatshirt, I want to go in the store. I want to try it on. I want to see how it looks. I want to feel the, the fibers, see mm-hmm. if it's soft, see if I like it. You know, and there are still people that are still that way. It has been made very convenient to get pretty much anything you want delivered to your store doorstep. And when sure. I say anything, you mean you you think of it, they'll bring it to your house. So yeah. part of that has been uh, good for our economy. Part of it, you know, there's always some drawbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you know, anytime you got a a mall or a retail operation, there's a lot that goes into that. There's 
the employees there. There's, you know, the ownership or whoever owns that store, but there's the people that come in and clean it. There's people to clean the windows. There's the security. There's at the, and then any retail business, every four, five, six years, you've got to totally do a new reset and a new look. So somebody's got to come in and do that work. So uh, it's much bigger than just brick and mortar is much bigger than just the people that are checking you out or people Mm -hmm. that are loading your groceries in your car. I mean, it's, you know, when you shop online, you know, you can, you know, I don't, I'm not an economist, so I can't tell yeah. you, but there, there is a variable or there is a multiple of numbers that goes with every one of those jobs. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's why, you know, I'm a small business guy and I appreciate it when people support my business and uh, I try to reciprocate that in any way I can. If it sure. costs me a dollar more to go mm-hmm. do business with a guy that's actually got a location is paying rent and paying taxes and my zip code, then I'll go out of my way to support that business. And I I wish other people would do the same Mm -hmm. thing. So after leaving the NFL, was uh, construction uh, part of your background in the past? I had no experience with construction. This is a very kind of fascinating how I kind of backdoored into a business that I knew very little about. I uh, I bought a small manufacturing company in Montrose, Colorado, and we made a uh, portable pneumatic tool that kind of supported the... Uh, scrap metal recycling industry. So I spent a lot of time in Colorado and really got a really good education in manufacturing and um, figured out pretty quick that I had two partners and it was just, it was a very small niche tool. It was a great tool. So good that once you had one, you had one. You know, we sold a lot of parts, but the tool lasted pretty much forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're was looking for some other avenues to really, there just wasn't the revenue there that, that I needed at that time. So the tool cut catalytic converters off of uh, scrap cars. So that's a thing. That is <laughs> a thing. I thought you just saw it and it came off. Well, no, there's a thing. There's actually a tool that wow. makes that easy. So what most people don't know is that most of the, uh, we call them PGMs, uh, platinum group metals, platinum, palladium, and rhodium, which are in extremely high demand right now, not only for the catalysts in your car, but probably more than likely your wife's wedding ring was part of somebody's exhaust system at one time. <laughs> oh, wow. Most people don't know that. So we're talking about high value junk. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I flew to uh, Modesto, California, uh, and I spent a week with a gentleman that had owned it on several of our tools. And he and I spent a week going around to all the junkyards in that Central Valley area and crawling up under them and cutting all the converters off the cars in those junkyards. And uh, he taught me how to grade them. He taught me how to use the tool that we were selling. And um, so I came back here with a little bit of knowledge and uh, I became a pretty good, what we call core. I was a core buyer. So I bought, I would, I had about a 200 mile route through Northern Kentucky, down through West Tennessee, down to Northern Alabama that I would drive once or twice a month and uh, would buy these these high value cores. Yeah, and you know, hopefully this tool, you know, recently you've probably seen in the news, there's a a gang out there running around snapping converters off cars and hopefully they haven't discovered this tool. Well, those guys are, uh, (laughs) now they're using some other methods. They wouldn't, these tools are not cheap. And uh, and, (laughs) and they're they're heavy and so you would, yeah, you'd see a guy, you'd notice him if he pulled up with this tool. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so 
uh, after a couple of years of that, I actually bought a uh, a scrap metal recycling facility that I still own in Franklin. Okay. Uh, we are the only scrap metal yard in Williamson County. I bought the yard and uh, bought this business in 2008, in June of 2008, not realizing at the time that we were headed towards a pretty gloomy <laughs> and doomy time, man. So right. I had done a lot of work, man, a lot of research, hundreds of hours of research. I had studied charts of all different types of metals, all different types of scrap, and nowhere in the hundred years of data that I had available to me at that time did that chart do as sharp of a downturn as it did, it did in yeah. the in the fourth quarter of 2008 and first three quarters of 2009. So, you know, I basically inherited a, a nothing. You know, I paid a lot of money for nothing because there was no, I couldn't even give the metal away for the price that it cost to ship it. That's sure. how bad it yeah. had gotten. So that forced me to uh, explore some other avenues and uh, bought a couple trucks and we started hauling some uh, commercial waste, just really just trying to anything just to pay the yeah. bills. We yeah, weren't, no wasn't even worried about making money at that time mm-hmm. we were just trying to stay alive and so mm-hmm. that kind of got us into uh you know coming out of that recession 11 12 ish things really started booming in in davidson county and really all over middle tennessee and uh I had a couple people that we hauled trash for that asked us, could we, uh, you know, they were buying these properties, which you see all over Davis County. They tear down one house and build back two tall skinnies. That's so, right. So we were a big part of that process. And uh, that, you know, the trash business kind of got us into the demolition business. And wow. for about for about four years, we averaged 0.75 houses a week. So we would literally tear down a house a week. So. <laughs> How do you, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we, this is in, interesting. We're talking with Bubba Miller right now, and we're going to continue the conversation, and we're going to find out more about the Bubba Miller story and what he's got going on presently, and uh, we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more Summer County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon here on our Sunday morning. And it's so nice to have you along. And, of course, you will be able to hear this podcast uh, starting Monday mornings. It'll be at whinradio.com under the podcast tab, obviously. So continuing our conversation now with Bubba Miller and, you know, the businesses that, that you've had and the experience you had, the amount of education you've had to do to learn each one of these things is, is impressive. I and mean, you put a lot of work into this. Well, when you're using your own money, you tend to uh, research things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot easier to use somebody else's money or to use the bank's money, but yeah, it doesn't hurt uh, as bad. Doesn't hurt as bad, but when you know when you've got actual skin in the game, you know those educations that you learn are expensive and are hard, and and mm-hmm. that's. You know, anybody that says they haven't gotten beat up in business hadn't been at it very long. <laughs> it's just part of it. But it's it's nice to have the flexibility and the luxury of uh, not having to necessarily depend on someone else. That has a that has an upside and a downside as well. Because uh, you don't work, you're not making the money. If you're not work, you're not making any money, and mm-hmm. and the buck stops at one place. It's yeah, it's. Yeah. You know, I can blame whoever or whatever for whatever failures or shortcomings we have. But at the end of the day, I'm accountable for Mm -hmm. whatever it is that we did not do well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, vacations are fun because we, uh, you know, you go out of town and think you're going to get away from things. And you spend a week (laughs) on the phone solving problems. But 
at the end of the day, you know, I signed up for all that, and uh, you know, I don't have any regrets, and and I and I really enjoy it. I enjoy the people that I enjoy the people that I work with. I enjoy the people that I employ, and uh, it's it's just very rewarding to see people grow personally. Right. The business you have currently, how many do you have going right now? Uh, three at the moment. Okay, three at the moment. I've got a partner with. Uh, the business that we've started here that we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. later but uh the the scrap metal recycling yard is really you know i've got a couple of really fantastic employees there that have been with me for one gentleman's been with me for 15 years wow so we've, we've okay so that business everybody kind of knows what to do there you know the construction trades that we do that's got to be obviously pretty hands-on we've got about 14 employees there and then uh, Five Star Finds here in Hendersonville that we started a year ago. We've yeah. got currently, I think, seven employees. Well, Five Star Finds, you know, it's it's something that people need to find. Now, so tell us about that, where it is, and give them, a, you know, the good location. We're located 203 West Main, behind Starbucks, okay. next to Dollar Store, in the Pop Shelf Shopping Center. Yeah. So everyone knows where the new Pop Shelf is. Yeah. It's the new Dollar Store concept. I think it was old Rite Aid there. We're not highly visible from West Main, mm-hmm. but everybody knows where Starbucks is. Mm-hmm. I would say the majority of people that find us have found us because they were going to Starbucks yeah. to get into the uh, the drive through there. But you know, being near cash savers has certainly been an advantage as well. And mm-hmm. all of those factors were things that drew us to that space. Right. There Some wasn't high, have... there wasn't high visibility. Yeah. People need groceries. People go to the dollar store, and people cannot live without their seven dollar latte every morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Still don't get it. Sorry, but. <laughs> But yeah, so what made you look for Hendersonville? We were not looking for Hendersonville. This is a fascinating story. Mm -hmm. My partner and I have been best friends since middle school. We went to middle school together, started in seventh grade together uh, at Brentwood Academy, and we've been literally been friends ever since. So we had a third friend who came to us with a concept because he worked in a similar type business in Rutherford County, came to us with a concept. This was right at the beginning of COVID. And so we met and talked about this for probably about four months. We would meet a couple times a week and we planned out A to Z if we were going to do this. So one day we just got in a uh, we got in a car and we were just driving around and we we really thought we really thought Gallatin was going to be our spot. So I called a friend of mine who knew a little bit about real estate. He had given me four or five different options that okay. he knew were vacant at that time. So we took a trip to Gallatin and we were uh, studying these locations and, and just none of them really grabbed us. So on the way back, I said, hey, guys, I want to show you a couple of things. We had done some work in a shopping center, refacing a shopping center up here, the old uh, or the PetSmart, the old dollar store next to the new Kroger. Mm-hmm. We had done that work in like 2017. So I just wanted to show these guys what just kind of what we did. So we went and drove around, looked at that project. And on the way, we saw the Rite Aid that was at that time was empty. So we pulled in there and we called the number. The uh, leasing agent had left and they had told us it was under contract at that time. So we were just kind of standing there chatting. And my partner said, what is that in the corner over there that looks, <laughs> you know, empty and abandoned yeah. and lonely? So uh, we walked over there, called the number on the door. He gave us the code. We walked around, and it was like, just this is it. Yeah. This so is it, it was a. It used to be an Ace Hardware. It was an Ace Hardware. Right. Prior to that, so yeah. I think it had been. I think it had been vacant for three years. Yeah. Maybe quite a while. A while. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, it needed some love. There's no doubt about that. But it just, the location, the the visibility, the Starbucks, the size of the space, mm-hmm. we were like, this, if if we can, if we can make the numbers work, we can make the space work. So we got on the phone with the landlord and over the next couple of weeks, we negotiated a lease and uh, we took over occupancy. It's actually been less than a year, I think. Wow. First of December of 20. Uh, 20. So five-star finds, give us the, what, what this concept is. We are a long way from reinventing the wheel. We studied the way other people had done this business and decided we wanted to do it a little bit differently. All of Most of our merchandise you know, is new. Shelf pulls, returns. There'll be some things that'll be gently used. There'll mm-hmm. be some things. A lot of things get damaged in shipping. That's one of the things I've learned in, mm-hmm. in this process. A lot of things we have, they'll have a dent here, a dent there, but a lot of things get damaged in the shipping process. So we we go directly to national retailers. Uh, all the big box stores you see around here, those are our customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we buy their dot-com returns or in-store returns. And, uh, you know, we buy them at very good rates. And then we, we pass, those pass, savings on, yeah. pass those savings along to our customers. So what, a, you, what a great idea. <laughs> so you come in and you literally, the things that you see, some things that you will see in the store, we do actually still have. You know, Lowe's or Home Depot. Uh, Wayfair is one of our customers. Target's one of our people that we buy from. So, so I what, just I just encourage people just to come by and take a look. because. So what kind of items would you just give me a rundown of a list of oh my merchandise goodness, man Clo- everything from clothes to tools to furniture sofas blinds uh, we've got an entire home improvement section of you know toilets and showers shower doors interior doors uh, wow. door, a lot of door hardware. And then for the first time, we just got a shipment in last week of uh, of TVs. You know, we've got, yeah, we've got TVs ranging from 32 inch to 75 inch. We've got smart TVs. We got dumb TVs. And uh, we've got everything up to the new 8K, which is the latest and greatest. Amazing. So we spent a lot of time trying to source high quality Merchandise. We really try to stay away from not quality merchandise yeah, because it, 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 it doesn't. So that's kind of what our unique spin is. You know, there again, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we try to just do it to a little bit better quality. We pass on a lot more merchandise than we actually purchase. It's right. because there's just, you know, this is Hendersonville, man. This is a nice first class community there are some places we could probably get by with selling you know less or quality goods but this mm-hmm. is not that kind of place mm-hmm. and uh and we like that so but you're getting a heck of a price on this that's the thing man it's 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 hard to it's hard to get some people to understand you know people come in and think hey is this used where'd you get this it's no i mean that shirt's brand new it's got mm-hmm. the jc penny's tag on it yeah, like yeah, when it yeah. came out of jc penny's yeah. or you know we're not goodwill we're not the habitat this yeah. you know we're yeah. a retail for-profit business mm-hmm. uh we're certainly not ashamed of that but at the same time you know we sell a really really high quality product and uh we're very reasonable with our return policy you know we do understand that sometimes mm-hmm. things do happen but you know you you bring it back and we'll issue a store credit and you find you something else oh. you like so. so all this works i mean you're not you know selling tv that has a glitch in it or anything like that no everything we have works i mean a uh, large majority of our tvs are brand new uh, some of them are refurb but 
uh, but we stand behind our products. We're not yeah. we're not here to take anybody's money. We we want you to be happy, and uh, we want you to leave us that five star rating. So uh, well, I, I uh, like that. <laughs> so so no, we're not we're not here. There's there's no gimmicks. There's no pressure sales tactics. If you buy it from us, we're going to stand behind. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to save a lot of money. I mean, it's that's that's what people want these days. It's mind boggling for some people to be able to comprehend that that we can sell things at the prices we do. And I think what people really have to understand is for every product that every time you see a, an Amazon or a UPS or a, or a, a DHL truck, you gotta understand there's a, I don't, again, I don't know what that multiple is, but for everything that gets delivered, there's X amount that gets returned. And that stuff has to go somewhere. And a lot of times for the retailer, it's really less expensive, man, to send it to you know some holding point for redistribution or a secondary market than it is to send it all the way back to them. And so those are the opportunities that we try to capitalize on. Well, I mean, that's, it's an amazing idea. Again, give them the address again. 203 West Main. Uh, We're blowing things out for Black Friday. Uh, We've got some really special things that we're going to do on Black Friday. Find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. We've been closing on Sundays, but we're going to start opening on Sundays as well. And a lot of people like to get out and browse after church. So we'll be available from 12 to 6 on Sundays moving forward. So 203 West Main, five-star finds. That's it. Five-star finds. You can find you on Facebook. Now, do you have a website? We do have a website. Okay. I believe it's the five star finds.com. The five star finds.com. Yeah. And that's uh, amazing. And then, you know, and you guys are always involved in the community as well, you know, with the different uh, businesses that you have. We do. We sponsored, uh, we sponsored your football broadcast football. this yes, year. WHIN uh-huh. uh, was certainly glad to do that. We, we love football and we're reached out to a couple charities here and certainly looking for any other opportunities, other opportunities that we can give back in this Absolutely. community as well. So, Well, I mean, it's a, it's a great idea. People are always looking for savings. You're going to get, you know, the same quality product and the fact that you stand behind this and the amount of research that you've done and uh, to, to bring this and to, even in your other businesses, you know, that tells me something that this is just not a fly-by-night operation. It's the real deal, and you're, you're going to help people out immensely. Well, we hope so. We hope the Sumner County community will support us. Still getting the message out. You know, some people have found us, but there's still a lot of people. Still, every day we get those, man, I didn't know you were here, folks. And, you know, we welcome that and whatever questions anybody has. And, and uh, we're also very, you know, we like feedback. Mm-hmm. We like okay. positive, and we like, you know, constructive feedback as well. We mm-hmm. want to... Uh, provide a good service and uh, provide good products and we've we've had some people ask us hey is there any way you can get x or y and you know if enough people ask then we'll sure. we'll certainly find a way to get x or yeah. y now how many employees do you have at this store currently we have uh, seven okay currently we have seven did you have any problem hiring uh, you know everybody has hiring's, yeah. a, hiring's a problem right yeah. now yeah Hiring's a problem right now for everybody. We've been very, very fortunate to be able to find a couple of very good, high-quality individuals. Yeah, that's and great. We're glad to have them, and we do everything we can to try to retain them. So, <laughs> hey, Starbucks is right across the street. Starbucks <laughs> is right across the street, and, and and also I'm not ashamed to say we will. You know, we're always looking. We're yeah. always looking. So if anyone's needing some part-time hours or there you go. some christmas hours we would certainly uh, entertain just come in and see us and we will certainly entertain it right well we've been talking with bubba miller right here at the Sumner county spotlight bubba listen welcome to hendersonville we we love you 
thanks for for bringing the business here and uh, great great luck on making this thing happen jeff i appreciate it appreciate you having me on this was a wonderful opportunity to get our message out and nice meeting you and i look forward to seeing your five-star finds absolutely i'm i gotta make it in there now <laughs> for real so let's get wrap it up for this edition of summer county spotlight uh, this is jeff shannon join us next week right here sundays at 10 right here at whin and of course on our podcast page at whinradio.com so we'll check you next time you have a great weekend and a great week so long Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.